MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSEN, the sports betting network. All right, folks, welcome in. It's the opening line, second hour. We're going to get to college football as well. It is championship week. Bruce Marshall's going to be with us. Coming up, what do we got? 30 minutes from now? 30 minutes. Ooh. Bruce Marshall. Cannot wait. The worst USC team he has ever seen well, as a new head coach. Good news for USC because Lincoln Riley is a new coach. And uh, I think that's as good as hire, as good a hire as you could ask for if you're a USC backer. Because considering the other uh, options or alternatives... Be happy you did not get stuck with James Franklin. Yes. Right? Yes, I would say. Or a guy like that. Also, uh, I mean, I would say that maybe, just maybe, Lincoln Riley was looking around and was like, you know, there's a much easier path with regularity to the college football playoff in the Pac-12 than there would be in the SEC. Oh, there's no question. Right? I, uh, insiders have told me that he didn't want anything to do with the SEC and Oklahoma's moved to the SEC. And, you know, you go to the Pac-12 at USC, you got a chance to win that uh, league it, right away. You got a chance. To, it's a better job. It's going to be the same thing in the Big 12. <laughs> a lot of people over the weekend thought Lincoln Riley was headed to LSU. Yep. He came out after the um, not going Bedlam game, the loss to <laughs> Oklahoma, said, I'm not going to be the coach at LSU. Right. He didn't say, I'm not, not going to be the coach at USC. Anyway, let's get back to NFL. Yep. All right. right. Opening lines, roll through these. Any key injuries as well, I want to update you on as we move through the card. Uh, But we'll start with Thursday, December 2nd. We're already in December. Dallas Cowboys, five-point favorite on the look ahead on the road against New Orleans Saints. Reopens Dallas, minus five and a half. 
No real move and no real reason to move. As Vinny mentioned, it's kind of a dead number. Wouldn't really be surprised one way or the other if it goes to five or if it goes to six. Yeah, the Cowboys, you would think, have their top two receivers back on the field, Namari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. You would think by now that Alvin Kamara is going to return for the Saints. He did return to practice, as did Mark Ingram today, actually. Right, so So, uh, I think this number's got to be right around where the Bills-Saints number was, and that Bills number closed seven. I don't think this gets to seven. I think the right number here is uh, probably five, five Mm -hmm. and a half, which is where it sits. I do not expect that to move. So we move on to Sunday then, and I got to tell you, uh, I'm kind of intrigued by him again. Minnesota Vikings on the road against the Detroit Lions. Look ahead with seven and a half. Reopen seven against the Lions team that is now seven and four against the spread on mm-hmm. the season because they consistently get over uh, undervalued. And by the way, they've covered three straight games and four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Why you laugh? Well, I don't want to. I bet the Lions on Thanksgiving and uh, sweated it, it out, baby. It, yeah, we had to sweat it out. But you got it. Well, I'm not going to bet the Lions on a consistent basis. The, the coaching is so poor on that team, <laughs> and the quarterback plays not much better. And now with DeAndre Swift knocked out, yep. Uh, I just don't know if if the Lions are going to cover a lot of numbers down the stretch. Is this team desperate to win a game, or are they going to fight like crazy to get a win? The, the best chance to win a game, they just blew it on Thanksgiving. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, you will get – a decent amount of sharp support for the Lions at plus seven, but I don't think the betting public after Thanksgiving will look to back the Lions again. Running backs are front and center in the injury news this week, too, because Dalvin Cook gets carted off today in the third quarter with a shoulder injury against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, some have slugged it as a dislocation. Anthony Barr, by the way, as well, for the Minnesota Vikings got hurt in that game. On the other side, like you mentioned, DeAndre Swift. Should also by mention, way, too, yeah, go ahead. It's almost a guarantee that the Vikings are going to lead this game by at seven least seven points. at some point, right? Again today, every single game, they have led every single game by seven or more points, and yet here they are, hovering around that 500 mark. Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago Bears. The injury news here is that Kyler Murray, it looks like, is going to play. A very um, subtle tweet earlier today. Uh, does, from Kyler Murray himself, seem to indicate that he will be out there against the Chicago Bears. Arizona, look ahead seven, still sitting at seven with a total of 46.5, but we know how the market works, Matt Eubens. Once it's officially announced, this will get to like seven and a half. <laughs> um, breaking news, Matt Nagy named a new coach at LSU. You're lying. I am lying. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, no imagine, way. Can you imagine how upset LSU football fans would be uh, if that yeah, were the be, case? be pretty upset, yeah. You take a coach from the NFL and you put him in charge of a college program and the fans would be irate. Yeah. We don't want this buffoon Get him out of who's here. a Bears coach. Uh, okay, so Kyler Murray's back, and I think you got to make the Cardinals at least seven-point favorites. So no surprise with the number here. I'd be happy. I mean, he's coming off By the way, really Andy Dalton yes. had himself a fine turkey day, and uh, do you think that's got to be one of the highlights of the Red Rifles' career to, to get that uh, – Whatever that turkey award was that he right. got. The, the, I think, did they win the Rose Bowl when he's at TCU? Probably right ahead of that, right? I'll just talk about his NFL career. Oh, okay. Right. I think that, like, lifetime career. I still think he put it ahead of it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this is interesting. So, we talked a lot about the Colts' angle of this blown loss. Uh, the, the fascinating part about it, though, is the Bucs didn't really look that good for a good chunk of this. Tom Brady had two interceptions that were dropped by the huh. Indianapolis Colts in that first quarter. You know what? <laughs> when those picks were dropped, I said the Colts are going to lose this game. Yeah. You just cannot... You can't give Tom Brady extra chances. When you get a chance to pick him off, you can't drop the ball. Yeah, two dropped interceptions, four turnovers. There's those kind of swings, man. They kill you. But regardless, so they get this win, and you get the adjustment. Nine and a half on the look ahead, two, ten and a half on the reopen here today against the Atlanta Falcons, who they themselves took care of business against the Jags, albeit not very impressively, as a road favorite 21 to 14. 
I, I think Dave Tooley will probably be on the Falcons here. Probably. The dog or pass guy. You can get 10.5 at the Superbook right now on the Falcons. Mm-hmm. That was the first game this season the Bucks covered on the road. They were 0-5 against the spread, and should they should not have six. covered today. It'll be 0-6. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, also to look forward to for the uh, the Bucks uh, in this game, Jamel Dean was ruled out. Jalen Darden also evaluated for concussion in this game. And there was a couple of other Buccaneers that were really dinged up, especially along that offensive line. They were missing their starting left guard. So that's something to keep in mind. I don't, I don't really the like the Falcons team or the way the Falcons are playing right now. Yeah. Today's win does not mean that much. But that said, if you force me to play a side right now, I would take that 10.5 that's at the Westgate, 10.5 on the Falcons. Uh, two offensive linemen were missing for the Denver Broncos today in their win over the Chargers. It did not matter. They won outright against Los Angeles. Now they hit the road for a primetime spot against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs look ahead 9.5 with a total of 49.5. Not surprising. No adjustment on the open. Kansas City 9.5 in this spot against the Denver Broncos. You got one of the best uh, underdog quarterbacks in the history of the NFL in this game. Teddy B., uh, I'll, I'll look up his um, spread records and underdogs. It's somewhere around twenty and three, twenty and four, something like that. I have that for on tomorrow's show. But uh, Teddy B catching nine and a half, maybe ten by the time this game uh, kicks off next Sunday night. You know mm-hmm. the favorites typically attract action on Sunday night football. Uh, I think you can get ten with the Broncos, and I would actually look at that side. The other big adjustment on a lot of these look ahead lines. Uh, this is. Actually belonging to the Indianapolis Colts. So the look ahead here for Houston was seven with a total of 47. Reopens today in some spots. Uh, Indianapolis minus seven and a half. I'm looking at my screen. One spot's got Indianapolis minus eight and a half mm-hmm. against the Houston Texans. And for the second consecutive week since Tyra Taylor has come back, this Texans offense continues to look anemic. Doesn't look anything like the offense that it was the first qu- you know first uh, six quarters of the season with Tyra Taylor in command. And this is a Colts team defensively. That played extremely well for, like, I'd say, what, 75% of the game today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't want to talk about the Colts. Can we move on? <laughs> okay. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? You know the Colts the- are going to be more than seven-point favorites in yeah. this game, and that's all that matters. Yes. Okay. All right, Philly, on the road against the New York Jets. Um, I, I got to tell you, so I wrote about this in Points Spread Weekly. That sound is me patting myself on the back. Uh, but I will say, if you really watched and looked at the numbers behind the passing attack for Philadelphia, you kind of sat back and you said, okay, if this running attack is not going to be as effective, then there's a problem with this Philly offense. And that popped up again here today against the New York Giants. The offense looked anemic, wasn't really as explosive as it was in weeks past. So you do wonder, I think at least, Philadelphia laying a full touchdown on the road. I get it's the New York Jets, and the Jets have not been playing very well at all. They get a win here today. But I just think we're kind of in this realm now where you're talking about a team that was laying three and a half on the road in divisional game, now laying seven on the road against the Jets. I think maybe the pendulum is still a little too far here on Philadelphia. Uh, I think you're probably right. Have you ever heard Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, give a speech? Talks like this. Kind of talks like this, right? Very boring. Very boring. But he might be more exciting than watching this Eagles-Jets game. (laughs) (laughs) His hair's kind of fun and wacky and got all sorts of things going on. I don't know. We just saw Philly as an overvalued road favorite against the Giants. Now we're going to see the same thing against the Jets. Right. I, uh, I thought... I mentioned to you, I thought the Eagles this week were the square play of the week on the board, and it turned out that way. Uh, can the Jets Can the Jets pull it off like the Giants did today? By the way, Freddie Kitchens calling plays dynamic. Brilliant. Brilliant, Brilliant dynamic. Giants put up 13 points. Yes, they did. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's look at this a little bit deeper, okay, because points are sometimes a flawed <laughs> metric. Uh, they actually averaged 4.6 yards per carry and two, had 200. Okay, all right, didn't really go that well. But they were 3 of 12 on third down. 
Oh, wait, that's pretty bad, too. Uh, all right, by the way, uh, this matchup to watch here, in this because, of course, the front seven versus that Philly running attack, uh, two things here. One, Jack Driscoll, offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, did not play in that game against the New York Giants, was injured. And Sheldon Rankins and Quincy Williams in that front seven for mm-hmm. the New York Jets exited early due to injury. So those are some very key components for both of these teams and a very important matchup on the field between those two. With that, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati look ahead one and a half with a total of 48, readjusted to two and a half, and I got to tell you, this is the first bet I made when these reopened. I laid two and a half with the Cincinnati Bengals humans. We're talking about three even money, three across the board of two and a half minus 120. Yeah, right now it's Circa and the Westgate. You got three on the Bengals. A couple other spots got two and a half. So if you like the Bengals, lay that two and a half now. I'd agree that uh, I, I think the Chargers are kind of uh, falling apart. And it's a gradual process we've seen over the about the last six weeks. 147 yards, 4.5 yards per carry on the ground for the Denver Broncos today against the Chargers. You kind of go back to that game where they got lucky to beat the... Browns? Um, it was the Browns game, right? Uh, don't remind me. Was you that, mean the 368 no trend that I was on the wrong side of, and I was the, the one. That was week five. I was thinking that was week six. Never forget it. Yeah, it was 47-42, and the Chargers really did not deserve to win that game. No, they didn't. Uh, since that day, they have not looked very good at all. They were blown out at Baltimore. In fact, the record since that day is uh, two and four. So, and, and they should not have beat the Browns that day. So really, the, if, if, you, if you want to go back to week five, I think the Chargers have played like one of the worst teams in the AFC. Yep. They've gone yeah. from Super Bowl contender to uh, absolutely not one. All right. We'll come back. We have plenty left to get to in terms of the opening lines for next week. And also, it is championship week. So we'll have Bruce Marshall with us in 15 minutes. Get his thoughts on not only the championship games coming up this weekend, but the thoughts, of course, on one Lincoln Riley jumping ship and heading out west for the USC job. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. Monday's a big day. It's Cyber Monday, and the VSN Cyber Monday offer is here right now. When you sign up for a $99 midseason football special, you're going to receive a $20 credit to the VSN store. Get all of our expert sports betting and analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, limited time offers. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, so as we move on, we'll wrap up the opening lines here for this next coming week in the NFL, and then we'll get to the college football room with one Bruce Marshall, who's going to join us in 15 minutes. So we'll start where we left off. Matt Eubens, the New York Giants on the road against the Miami Dolphins. As you said, massive improvements for the new offensive coordinator in the New York Giants today against the Philadelphia Eagles. 264 total yards, 4.6 yards per attempt, outgained <laughs> in both how facets. Many, how many total yards? 264. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, that is also, I'm not really good at math, but 10 drives, 264 yards, 26.4 yards per drive. Mm. Not very good. Um, also, yeah, 3 of 12 on third down. So, but hey, first week in the seat. Maybe the second week gets a little bit better for the New York Giants, who are taking on the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are hot. They are red hot, and they are showing uh, a little bit of improvement, dare we say, behind Tua Tungavailoa. Four consecutive wins now for the Dolphins, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the New York Giants. Yeah, actually, I thought the Giants might be in a decent spot today off that Monday night mess at Tampa. There was going to be pretty much in the NFL, you can almost gauge – the public's temperature, and uh, sometimes just want to bet the opposite because nobody wanted anything to do with the Giants after that Monday night game. Correct. Which probably meant it was a good time to bet the Giants. Correct. And uh, they go home as underdogs against a, an Eagles team that's overvalued on the road. And uh, I'm not going to say they played great, but their defense played much better. And that was the biggest thing today is the Giants' defense. Uh, played much better than it did Monday night against Tampa Bay. They did. Although, to be fair, also, Jalen Rager dropped what was potentially a touchdown That's true in the too. time of the That's game, <laughs> giving the Eagles a chance to win it on an extra point. Well, that goes back to two years ago when you and I were doing the NFL draft show, and I said, well, the, the Eagles have to take Justin Jefferson here, right? <laughs> and uh, they took Jalen Rager, and Jefferson went to the Vikings. Do you think that was a smart move by the Eagles? Jalen Rager's a, a, a solid wide receiver. 
But he's, Justin he's Jefferson's Jefferson. incredible. How big a mistake was that? It was a pretty at the big time. mistake. Also, I think the Packers had a crack at uh, Jefferson, did they not? If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Packers have had a crack at a lot of wide receivers. <laughs> Luckily, Aaron Rodgers has made up for uh, their drafting mistakes. Anyway, as far as this game goes, Dolphins are a hot team right now. I don't want to bet against them. I, I'm not sure that the uh, the Giants have everything figured out after watching right. that game today. No, I, I would completely <laughs> agree with that sentiment, especially when you're talking about a number that's under a field goal, too, for the Miami Dolphins, which is perfect. Well, right now it's circus sitting on three. Yeah, it got up to three. Yeah. That's not yeah. surprising. I wouldn't be surprised to see this reach full three mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everywhere by the time we hell, by the time we get to tomorrow. So let's go to um, Washington on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders, two and a half with a total of 49 and a half or 49, depending on where you look. One shot, minus three, even money. That would be the one where we sit right now, uh, Circa. And I got to tell you, so we talk about like, hey, week to week, you don't want to overreact too much. But this is a Raiders team that I think offensively, that was a surprising part about their struggles. Their struggles on third down, how poor their offense had been, the turnovers. You saw the potential of this Raiders team against the Dallas Cowboys. Problem is, Darren Waller's pretty banged up for them now, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple injuries to deal with. He's, he's going to be available for them. They have, I think, the personnel to take advantage of the Washington football team, but you've talked about this. You know, the role of the underdog seems to fit the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a little bit better than laying points. I like the Raiders much better in the in the dog role. I don't care if it's home or road. I just like it better in the dog role, and they played that way on Thanksgiving. Uh, so you're going to have injuries on both sides. Don't forget the Washington defense has, uh, I think, been disappointing. Obviously, uh, that team went on the road and beat Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. In Carolina two weeks ago, we're going to see Washington play Monday night. I guess I'll watch it, <laughs> even though I really don't want to watch Seahawks Washington. I probably will. Uh, and the Darren Waller injury is one thing I want to keep an eye on here this week. If, if for some reason, what do you think the chances are he can't play in this game for the Raiders? If you take Darren Waller out of the Raiders' offense, you've got some problems. Yep. And uh, I think Deshaun Jackson stepped up and. Uh, he did what the Raiders were hoping he would do to replace Henry Ruggs in the Thanksgiving game. Finally, mm-hmm. but if he can get if he can get Waller and Deshaun Jackson and Hunter Renfro and all these guys operating at the same time, the Raiders still got a dangerous offense. But if you take Waller out, it kind of throws everything off kilter, out of sync. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, like you mentioned, finally showing up. Right, the big touchdown at the beginning of the game. Yeah, be a pass interference drawn in the end zone, which totally counts. Right, in terms of pass interference calls drawn. Yeah, right? that's very true. That's they very they won point. the game on that pass interference call yep. against against Anthony Brown. But I, I would still think maybe at plus three. And right now, Circus at three. The Westgate's at two and a half. A plus three. I might look to Washington. Less than three. Uh, maybe the Raiders, but that obviously tells you I'm just I would just play that based on the number, uh, not a strong opinion. You know, sometimes you talk about pros who just bet numbers. Last week, when the Buccaneers opened two and a half point favorites over the Colts, if you're a pro and you just bet numbers, you lay the two and a half because you know you can come back and take three. Yep. So what you're looking to do is side that game. If, if by chance you get a three and a half with the Colts and you laid two and a half with the Bucks, you can middle the game. Yep. And that's the ideal situation because that game should have been middled. It should have landed on three. And uh, right here, I think you probably get some. Uh, you probably get some sharper money on on the Raiders minus two and a half because those betters know they can come back and take Washington a plus three. And who knows, maybe even a plus three and a half. Uh, Waller, by the way, the injury too was a strained IT band. No serious injury avoided that. <laughs> An extra time to rest, obviously playing on Thanksgiving and then not playing again until Sunday. Next up. 
Baltimore Ravens on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We haven't seen anything here in terms of an updated number. They just got done playing, so we'll see if anything comes of injuries and whatnot and player availability. The look ahead, for those who are interested, was Ravens minus three on the road against the Steelers. I haven't really seen anything that would make you want to adjust off of that in terms of coming underneath the three, right? It'll be at the very least Ravens minus three. Well, and you just said it, too, in the last hour when we are talking about it. The Ravens don't inspire you when you watch them. You don't really want to lay three points on the road with that team, do you? Not in any way, shape, or form. Even against the Steelers, who defensively looked atrocious today and uh, offensively looked just as atrocious. Big Ben's got uh, not much going on. No, he doesn't. But, you know, he threw for, I think, 278 and three TDs against the Chargers a week ago. He looked looked bad today. Steelers' defense looked bad. Yes. And that's why I might be inclined to back them in this spot, even though I hate to do it. NFL betting puts you in some tough situations, some tough spots that you don't want to be in that make you very uncomfortable because I don't want to take Seattle – as a home dog next week. I don't right. want to take Pittsburgh as a home dog. But if you're getting three, you kind of feel like there's value in the number, especially after the Steelers were embarrassed the way they were today. i got to think Mike Tomlin is uh, going to get that team to bounce back and play much harder. The Steelers were soft. The effort was lacking. Don't you think you're going to see a different Steelers team on the field next week? You would think. I mean, that's all I can say. That was embar- think, it was embarrassing. Yeah. That was one of the worst performances or efforts, I would say I saw a lack of effort. I mean, One of the weakest efforts I've seen by a Steelers team in the last 20 years. And to be fair to the Steelers, too, um, this Ravens team that they're taking on had a similar output against the same Bengals team. The sure. Bengals went in there and beat the crap out of the Baltimore Ravens. No question. And so I think that that is a really good Bengals team that they ran into as well. It's a, it's a really solid Bengals team. The one uh, thing the Ravens have going for him in all these uh, close games, they got the best kicker in the world. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's very true. Right. All right, after that, we get to the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Look ahead here was Rams minus 12 with a total of 48. I have a typo in my notes because I have the openers Jacksonville minus 13 and a half. Although, after watching today, I know. <laughs> so then the look ahead 13 and a half, or excuse me, the opener 13 and a half with a total of 48. And again, like we've seen this from the Los Angeles Rams this season. It's not just coming off of this performance, humans. It's if you look at across the board the times that they have laid some pretty big numbers. They have not covered those big numbers, right? The market has clearly overvalued this Rams team. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to the 16.5-point spread against Houston. They did not cover. The 16.5-point spread against the Detroit Lions. They did not cover. And here they are again, about a two-touchdown favorite against Jacksonville. You know how many games Rams have covered all season? Four. Uh, yep, I was going to say. We're headed to Week 13, and the high-profile Rams, the team that a lot of people said a few weeks ago, the best in the NFL, has covered four games all season. And uh, the last time they covered a number? That would be October 17th against yeah. the New York Giants. They have failed to cover five consecutive games. Yeah. And they've lost three straight, by the way. And this is something that I kind of brought up uh, with somebody on Twitter, which was, you know, hey, the, you know, this was a team that started off really hot, right? And you were counting your win total overs, things like that. Uh, <laughs> guess what? If you bet a no on the Rams' playoff picture, yeah. uh, you're still alive. Oh, Very yes. much so. This team could potentially miss it. Oh, by the way, with that Raiders game, by the way, some win total decisions are starting to come into play. Yes. Here as we get into December with these games, I've got the Raiders over seven. Raiders don't have a lot of really good shots to win down the stretch. They got to win this game against Washington. Yep. If, if you're going to get over seven or seven and a half on the win total. Now, by the way, too, I mean, the Patriots uh, they are right on the verge of cashing their yeah. win total too. I'm much very happy about the that. The San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Hopefully, this that big... new COVID variant does not cancel the season. Uh, Omegatron yeah. or whatever. Uh, 49ers at the Seahawks. Uh, look ahead was one and a half in favor of Seattle. Reopened San Francisco minus two and a half on the road, and then those Patriots mm-hmm. on the road against Buffalo. 
Look ahead three. Reopens three minus one. Could be the best Monday night football game of the year. Uh, I'll take three and a half. Uh, I'll take three and a half with the Patriots. So it looks like it's going to pinball from three to three and a half. And there's always a lot of public betting support for the Bills, like we saw on Thanksgiving. Uh, Patriots right now, the hottest team in the league, and really playing sound, uh, solid football on both sides of the ball, JBT. You're, uh, you're friends with Stanford Steve, right? Let's Can we text the guy and tell him to stop playing these highlights? It's like the sixth time I've looked at Oh, we can just turn the channel. Okay, that's a good point, too. All right, Bruce Marshall joins us next. This is Opening Lines with Charles Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, we have a new prop tracker now available on VSN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSN.com, get current odds as well as the movement each week. Follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check a prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. All right, let's welcome in Enter the Gold Chief Bruce Marshall with us here on the opening lines to discuss everything in the world of college football as it is championship week. And, Bruce, before we get to the games themselves, uh, your thoughts quickly. Uh, quite the coup that the Trojans pulled off here to get Lincoln Riley uh, to say, you know what, SEC, eh, I'm all right. I'm going to go to the Pac-12 where I can get uh, some similar domination that I had in the Big 12. What do you make of the move? Um, the, the bar is set pretty low at SC right now. You can't do any worse. Uh, so, and if he wants out of the uh, Oklahoma, the SEC coming up, I could see that. I had heard LSU was uh, was thinking it was going to be able to bring Riley there, but uh, and they may not admit this, but uh, they were irate from what I hear behind the scenes that he pulled out and decided SC instead. I don't know. These moves don't. I mean, listen, he had everything teed up for him really good at Oklahoma, and I, and I know they did well, um, but. You know, it was not a, it was, the league was not great. They struggle with Texas and Iowa State every year. Maybe I'm nitpicking here a little bit. And the Pac-12 certainly isn't a great league right now either. But I just know. I mean, some of these moves that are the high-profile moves like this, whether, you know, Jackie, back to Jackie Sherrill, even Pitt for Texas A&M and all, a lot of these things seem really good right off the bat. And, oh, by the way, a couple of the Oklahoma legends who left, coached after Oklahoma, Bud Wilkinson. Now, it took him about 15 years to get back into coaching. He ran for Senate after he left Oklahoma, but it never worked. Um, Chuck Fairbanks, you know, left Oklahoma and uh, went to the NFL, then back to Colorado, you know, then the USFL, you know, never quite the same. So, I don't know. I'm not sure SC's uh, the great job everybody thinks it is right now. And uh, uh, California, I mean, they got to it's harder to get kids from California to stay there right now, and there are fewer kids playing football in California. That's nationwide, but it's more uh, pronounced in California right now. It's uh, not a slam dunk like everybody thinks. All right, Lincoln Riley's last game in Oklahoma, a loss to Okie State and yeah. uh, Bedlam last night in Stillwater. Man, what a wild game that was. I was say, Okie State uh, tried to give it to him. How about Mike Gundy now 3-14 and 14 against uh, the Sooners, but he can look forward to the Big 12 title game against Baylor. Maybe a college football playoff spot. Is there going to be a hangover effect? The opening number here, Oklahoma State 5 over Baylor. This game's going to be in Arlington, Texas. Well, there could be, um, and I don't, want to, I don't want to shortchange Baylor here. They've been pretty scrappy, and they avoided the letdown, though not that impressively the last couple of weeks after they beat Oklahoma. They've had to, Bohannon got hurt. Um, they've gone with the freshman st- uh, stuff in the last couple of weeks. Um, he hasn't made any mistakes, but 
Uh, remember the first game these teams played, Oklahoma State really kind of kept Baylor's grinding ground game in check. Uh, Baylor had one long run in the second half. That was basically about it. The first half, they were held under 100 yards. They were down 14 nothing. It was Jim Knowles' defense that really did it. Uh, he's going to probably win the Broyles Award, top assistant in the country. That's a Buddy Ryan-like defense. They lead the nation in sacks. They lead the nation in tackles for loss. Um, and Spencer Sanders, as long as he doesn't throw picks, he threw three of them the first game. That sort of kept Baylor within earshot, even though they lost 24-14. As long as he doesn't make mistakes, Oak State's going to win this thing because uh, I don't think Baylor has enough offense, especially if you have to go with the freshman quarterback. Maybe an under as well. One note, too, Oklahoma State has not lost a point spread decision, assuming that was a, a push against Oklahoma, but uh, since the Tulsa game way back in week two in early September. So uh, they've been paying off pretty regularly, so I wouldn't want to buck them here. Okay, how about the uh, Pac-12 title game? It's a rematch from two weeks ago. Salt Lake City, a blowout, 38-7 to Utes, beat down the Ducks. This is going to be a, at Allegiant Stadium Friday night. And uh, Utah, a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite. So you got two-and-a-half at Circa, three at the Westgate Superbook, total of uh, 59 and a half. Bruce, how do you see the rematch between Oregon and Utah? Let me plant the rumor seed here again, as we like mm-hmm. to do. Uh, there is some talk up in Salt Lake City that if Kyle Winningham wins this game and gets to the Rose Bowl, he may decide that's his last game and retire. So they're not worried about him moving somewhere else. They're worried about him maybe retiring. He's 62 now. He's got all of his grandkids there. That would be the pinnacle for him to get to the Rose Bowl. So keep that in mind uh, as well about Utah. Uh, I think the revenge thing is a little bit – this, this makes it dicey for Utah. A quick turnaround like that. Everything went right two weeks ago uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, we remember what happened in this game two years ago up in Santa Clara when Utah thought it had a shot at the Final Four and instead got uh, boat raced by Oregon And when Justin Herbert was still there. I don't think Oregon is as good as it was two years ago, but um, I sort of like the psychology of the dynamics. I thought they played pretty well against Oregon State last night. They got the offense going again. Uh, that punt return at the end of the first half was a fluky I mean, good for Utah that it made that play, but some things happen in that first meeting that will not happen in the rematch. I, we're, we're leaning a little bit to the Ducks in the rematch here. I think it's tough for Utah psychologically to beat this team twice, you know, in two weeks like that, and uh, maybe advantage psychologically for the Ducks. So we might look, look at the Oregon side here. All right, Bruce, let's go to the Big Ten title game then. This is a pretty interesting situation as well, right? You know, you've the mountaintop, you get to the mountaintop, you beat Ohio State. And now you got to bounce back, take on one of the best defenses in the country in Iowa, and that's a big number, 10.5 at the open. Some spots are already at 11 with a total of 44. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is the letdown I'd be worried about here. I mean, beating, this is a crusade for Michigan to win that game last week. And no matter what, if the chance of the Final Four is on the line here, Big Ten Championship and all that, it's going to be hard to reach that same crescendo two weeks in a row. Uh, Iowa... Uh, you know, it's you know similar version of Michigan. I don't think they're they're quite as dynamic offensively. They don't quite run the ball that well. But the defense might be able to muck this game up. Uh, Ferentz has been juggling his quarterbacks, and he doesn't have much offense here. But they do have defense. Michigan is going to have to play you know pretty error-free game. If they don't make mistakes, they should win this game. Um, but ten and a half is interesting. For Iowa, that 44-and-a-half might be a little high considering the way these teams teams like to run the ball and just let their defenses dictate things. So that might be my first inclination there to look under, and I'll think a little bit before giving Iowa 
No recommendation. All right, SEC title game then. Georgia, Alabama, uh, Georgia, getting the respect it seems like they deserve up to 6.5 with a total of about, what, 51.5 against the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban has only been a six and a half point underdog once at Alabama. It happened to be in 2008 at Georgia. And that was a game that was really sort of Saban's coming out party in Alabama. He had been there in 07, but they didn't have a great year. By the way, they lost to Louisiana Monroe in Saban's first year. People forget about that. Uh, but they went into Athens and won. Julio Jones had a huge night. Uh, but he has rarely been a dog since, certainly not a dog like this. Um, and Georgia's in an interesting spot here. I mean, they're they're going to be in the final four no matter what. Alabama really would be pushing it uh, if it lost this game to stick in the final four. Um, they overcame uh, a real hostile situation the other night. I don't look down at Alabama at all for having a close call. The fundamental matchup that bothers Alabama people is their offensive line has been spotty at times this season. They've had some injury problems, and going up against that Georgia defensive front might be a problem. Uh, but if there's a little vulnerability in the Georgia defense, it might be against a deep pass. Nobody in college football throws that better than Bryce Young. They're getting saving plus six and a half. I'm back in Bama here. I think there's a chance they can win this game. This is Alabama, and you're getting almost a touchdown. They die hard, um, and uh, I think they'll be in this thing with their uh, thinking a desperate effort to stay in the Final Four mix. Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines, Bruce. All right, let's go to the uh, Mountain West. And San Diego State, just a tough team to figure. <laughs> the, the Aztecs down 13. Getting away with murder. In the first half against uh, Boise. Looks like the, the Broncos might be able to roll. And uh, the Aztecs switch quarterbacks, put in Jordan Brookshire, who hasn't played since October, and all of a sudden, he looks like Johnny Unitas in his prime, and the Aztecs rolled but the 24 unanswered points and beat Boise State. So now you've got Utah State, San Diego State, and that small soccer stadium in suburban Los Angeles for the Mountain West title, and uh, Aztecs five and a half or six point favorites, total of 51. Yeah, I thought it was the COVID season of last year again on Friday morning when that game was being played in Carson. Nobody was there except a few family and friends. Um, And there may not be many people there this week either. I still don't trust the Aztecs passing game. Whatever Brookshire did last week, he was pretty bad earlier in the year. This is still the 121st ranked passing offense in the country. This is from the school that produced Don Coriel at one point. Just doesn't fit. I keep thinking this is going to catch up with the Aztecs. I think this week it might. Um, Utah State, interestingly, didn't lose a game on the road this season. They won all six away from Logan. Blake Anderson knows what he's doing. The quarterback he brought from Jonesboro from Arkansas State, Logan Bonner, has 32 touchdown passes. He's a playmaker. Um, I think Utah State can win this game. I've watched San Diego State barely survive many games this season. That second half was its best performance, best 30 minutes of the whole season. But I don't know that they're going to be able to do it again. I don't trust that passing game. I think this might be a money line possibility on the U-Tags here. So I'm taking Utah State plus the point. I get Bruce Marshall. Editor of the Gold Sheet. Bruce, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Okay, kids. Thank you. All right, you got it. We'll come back. What do you think? Can you do it? Can you bet against San Diego State? I'm going to take my shot. I'm in. (laughs) Wrap it up there. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, last couple of minutes here on the opening lines. It's been fun. I appreciate all of you. You know what I mean? Let me forget about the pain for a few hours. And I'll go back home. Sometimes it helps to talk it out, JB. <laughs> it does. It does. And you're a great show. For those who don't know, you got burned bad by the Colts today. Uh, yeah, it was in the in loss a... of the Buccaneers. I did too, but yeah. not quite as badly as you got burned. Was in the running for uh, the six week contest over at the Super Contest. And, uh, gonna miss out on that by uh, just a hair. Just mm. a hair. Anyway, 
Uh, let's couple of a uh, couple of other notes to get to in college football before we transition back to the National Football League because there are a couple of title games that we didn't really touch on in depth. We did talk uh, about, for example, the Big Twelve title game with uh, Bruce Marshall, who is with us. By the way, if you missed out on any part of that or our conversation with Vinny Maiulo, slash podcasts uh, Oklahoma State opened to that contest five point favorite with a total of forty six and a half. Uh, we are now sitting still like five and a half, but it's also some sixes popping up there with a total. You know, the one thing uh, I would look at. This week with Michigan and Oklahoma State in yeah. particular, there's got to be the hangover effect. And you would never say that a championship game is a flat spot, right? If you're playing for a championship, you should not be emotionally flat. Especially Michigan, right, with it's more than just a championship. But you're also line. playing for a college football playoff mm-hmm. spot. So I don't really think those teams are going to be flat, but it's going to be awfully hard to produce an A or A-plus type of effort two weeks in a row. And I think uh, there's going to be some drop-off in the play of Michigan. There's going to be some drop-off in the play of Oklahoma State. I don't know if it's going to be enough for uh, the Wolverines and for, for the Cowboys not to win those games, but I have a feeling that those two teams are going to have to sweat a little bit this week in their respective championship games. And especially with Michigan. like I, It's just such a tough spot because it's not only oh, that you that's, finally that's get Ohio State. That's the game you think about all year. You, you think about yeah. it all year long. right? There's always the joke, like, I, we could go, you know, we could only win one game as long as it's Ohio State. It's a great season. Like, all of that. But then on top of it, just think about the matchup itself. Now you're a 10.5, 11-point favorite against mm-hmm statistically, at least by EPA metrics, the fifth-best defense in the country in Iowa. Like, that's going to be a massive problem for you in such a like, quick turnaround, right, just a week later after winning that big emotion. I still don't know how the Hawkeyes came back to beat Nebraska. God, it's ridiculous. Because I flipped the channel, and I said, oh, this game's over. Nebraska's going to win. It was on. Next, next thing I see is Iowa won the game by seven. I said, how the hell did that happen? Yep. Uh, but – Iowa's obviously got below-average quarterback play, not a lot to lean on offensively. But again, you look at Michigan, and when you're handicapping the Wolverines, I always like to look at the role reversal aspect. Mm -hmm. Against Ohio State, a game that had circled on the calendar not only for a year, basically for like five years, because they haven't beat Ohio State since 2011. They've been blown out a few years in a row. They were eight-point home underdogs, seven Eight-point home underdogs. This week, you're going to a neutral, and you're laying double digits against a, swing. against a great defensive team. Yep. So uh, that's, that's a big difference, and I think it's going to be hard for Michigan to cover that number. Yeah, so that's already up to 11. Somewhat surprising, uh, I, I think at least, to, to see the market initially react right away and get that up to that 11. Now, one game we haven't really touched on a lot, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it because I know that uh, the ACC has been the bane of your existence at times, but it is worth noting that Pitt opens up as a three-point favorite with a total of 72.5 over Wake Forest and Charlotte in the ACC title game, and that's exactly where you stand right now. No real move. Pitt three with a total of 73, 72.5, depending on where you shop for your number. Yeah, I really don't have an opinion on the side, but I think this should be a highly entertaining game with two great offenses, and I always look forward to seeing Kenny Pickett play quarterback for Pitt. Well, And that's the I think it was Mitch Moss who threw that out there on Twitter, which was, you know, this has been such a weak Heisman race. You really say that if Pickett goes out there, throws three, four, five touchdowns, and they win the ACC title, that he's not all of a sudden well, a really alive to win that? There's a chance. I, I think Bryce Young had his Heisman moment against Alabama. And yeah, if actually right now, if you look at the numbers across the board for Kenny Pickett and Bryce Young, Bryce Young's better in every category. Yeah, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah, and so there's there's always a chance. Who knows? These voters, as we know, we've seen them. I would times. like to make a case. I, I like Kenny Pickett. I'd like to make a case for somebody other than an Alabama player well, to yeah. win the Heisman. But right now, if you if you compare their numbers, Bryce Young has better numbers across the board. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one of the initial market moves we did see on some of these openers, uh, Cincinnati actually opened 12 with a total of 54 and a half. Uh, they are down to 10 or 10 and a half, depending right. on where you shop with a total of 54 and a half in their matchup against Houston. These, of course, a couple of these title games, uh, this being one of them, this will be played uh, in Cincinnati on their home field. A lot of pressure on the Bearcats with the college, possible college football playoff spot on the line. The Houston team that's uh, really overachieved and played well this season. I always tend to look at the dogs in spots like this because I think all the pressure is on the home favorite. Yep. Uh, you also get a couple of the uh, the right the middle tiered Mountain or excuse me, championship games: Western Kentucky at UTSA. That opens up a pick with a total of seventy one. Yeah, seventy one and a half. I've got it on my screen right now. Talk about an under-the-radar quarterback who's put up huge numbers this year. Bailey Zappi for Western Kentucky. Yep. Uh, the Hilltoppers lost a game to Indiana early in the season, 33-31. He played really well in that game. I said, man, this this kid is, is pretty legit. You know, He's not just a, a BS type of quarterback in a system where they throw the ball 50-some times a game and he piles up big numbers. He's right. a good quarterback. Uh, also, Texas-San Antonio blown out by North Texas. Over the weekend, I was on North Texas in that game. That was uh, yeah, obviously the right side the whole way. Uh, can you name the two teams that the Indiana Hoosiers beat this season? So uh, it was Western Kentucky, just barely. Yeah, and I, I do I cannot remember the second. I was going to buy you some sort of prize if okay. you could get it. Idaho State. Ah, okay, all right. Sorry, I'm not sorry, Wes. I'm not really keeping up with. Indiana football, That's it. Hoosiers football. I remember the close <laughs> Western Kentucky game though. It was That's a good right. game actually. Yeah. The one on the road. It was a very good one. Uh, all right. Other couple of matchups here, really quick. Oh, by the way, I should note that that open pick with a total of seventy-one and a half. Western Kentucky is now favored in that game, just barely in most spots, with one or one and a half. This place, circle where we're at right now, still sitting. Idaho, in the pick. sorry, Idaho Vandals. Oh, so I thought it was Idaho State it. Bengals. Oh. That was Reno to beat the Idaho State yes. Bengals. Indiana beat uh, Idaho Vandals. Sorry, and uh, Kent uh, Kent State <clears throat> taking on Northern Illinois, the MAC title game. Kent State opens with a three-point favorite with a total of seventy-two and a half. We're pretty much three across the board, one spot down to two and a half with the total uh, still sitting where it opened. Also, Appalachian State on the road against Louisiana opens up a three-point favorite with a total of 53 and a half. App State still holding strong three with a total of 52 and a half. And last but not least, a game that means nothing but is still going to be played, USC is actually going to play Cal this weekend. Yeah, this game uh, postponed from November because of COVID reasons on the Cal side and uh you know what? I thought USC actually played a pretty inspired game last night against BYU at the Coliseum. Yep. Cougars were up 15. You thought there was a chance that uh, maybe USC would just pack it in. Just got pummeled by your rival, UCLA, the previous week. Gave up 62 points. Hey, man, I was impressed. USC fought back, took the lead, and uh, had a great chance to win the game late. Jackson Dart, the freshman quarterback for USC. Watch out for this kid. If, uh, if Lincoln Riley doesn't want to bring his own quarterback... Uh, to USC, Jackson Dart's going to be a Heisman candidate within a year or two. This kid can play. He's got mobility. He plays with a lot of energy. It looks like he's a great leader. He's got a good live arm uh, for a freshman. Really impressed by him. And uh, I think, you know, there's a reason to watch this USC. It might be Jeff Tedford. Not Jeff Tedford. uh, (laughs) Justin Wilcox's last game as Cal coach. He's been there five years. And um, Cal got blown out by UCLA over the weekend. This might be it. For Wilcox at Cal, but I want to see Jackson Dart play again. I, I've been uh, really impressed. I think he's got a high upside, and we know what Lincoln Riley can do with quarterbacks. Yes, uh, I think what uh, two Heisman winners and a finalist, pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Also, the favorite to get picked first overall in the NFL draft is Spencer Rattler. So, you know, <laughs> he's a quarterback whisperer. How about worth it? <laughs>
<laughs> you know where Spencer Rattler should transfer seriously? USC. Arizona. Okay. You got Jed Fish, the Is former it... Patriots quarterbacks coach. Rattler, Snakes, that kind well, of Well, he's from Arizona, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's true. Get rattlesnakes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, the correlation. <laughs> it's the desert. He's Rattler. No. Jed Fish is a quarterback coach for the former quarterback coach of the Patriots. Really, you can't build a program until you find your quarterback. Mm-hmm. They don't have one in Tucson. If Spencer Rattler wants to go back home, play for a guy who's got an NFL experience as a coach, uh, I think that would that would be a great fit because Arizona's desperate for a quarterback. Yeah. This is going to be fascinating for Oklahoma, too. First real uh, quarterback, or excuse me, a coaching search since Stoops, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's going to be a really interesting uh, decision to Bob see what Stoops they do. Bob going to coach the bowl game for Oklahoma, too. And how's that for a betting angle when you're going to handicap that? Is that team going to be inspired to play for Bob Stoops in the bowl? I would think so. Yeah, you would think. I like Oklahoma's chances in the bowl game a little bit better. Yeah. I think Bob Stoops, you know, in a one-game spot like this, he's going to bring a lot of energy to Oklahoma's bowl game. All right, with that, we're all done with the college slate. And of course, Vison, keep an eye on that uh, throughout the week as we will have analysis on every single one of these games as we get closer and closer to championship weekend, which starts a little bit early, remember. Uh, with that, National Football League, and I think you and I are both in agreement. I don't think. I know. Game of the week, New England Patriots. Monday night game of the year, possibly. Buffalo Bills, finally maybe, get a good one. Bills a three-point favorite against the Patriots. And i got to tell you, I think the Pats match up really well. Everything that has bothered the Bills this year. Teams that play coverage, drop back, can run the ball extremely well on the other end. The Patriots check a lot of the boxes. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the matchups perspective. We've talked about this for weeks with the Patriots, too. Actually, we've talked about the Bills' weaknesses and the Patriots' strengths. And uh, we're going to see this game next Monday night in Buffalo. And uh, right now, from a betting perspective, there's some three and a half sitting out there. There were early today. We've seen some of those kind of disappear and go to three minus 120. Yep. And I just want to remember, remember, Bills lost Tredavious White on Thursday for the rest of the season. Huge loss to the defense. I'm looking to play the Pats here. So at any point I can grab a three and a half, I'm going to be on the Patriots. Yep, I would agree. All right, we're all done. Beaston.com, check that out. Remember, Black Friday, no, Cyber Monday special. Check that out, too. We'll see you on the edge tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.